now, Culture Club with Melanie Olivero. Diana Ross's Upside Down was a 1980s dance floor classic laced with soul, R&B and pop. In fact, it was released in 1980 as the world was slowly moving away from the disco and punk eras. But I can imagine that Upside Down was spun ever so often at Studio 54, the iconic, now almost mythical New York nightclub in Midtown Manhattan, where you could spot the world's biggest celebrities like Mick Jagger, Grace Jones, Cher, John Travolta, you name it. If you want to experience what life was and could have been like in the Big Apple 40 years ago, you don't need a time machine. Just get your tickets to a new production, Secret Theatre's The New York Secret. The New York Secret is an immersive theatre experience held at the Mandala Club in Chinatown, but the plot is a mystery. All I know is that you'll be treated to electrifying music, Manhattan-inspired food and drink, and talented performances by those looking a lot like Ziggy Stardust or the Rocket Man and more. The New York Secret starts on the 1st of March for a very limited run, so snap up your tickets. Secret Theatre is founded and led by actor-director Richard Crawford, so let's bring him on Culture Club and indeed CNA 938. Hi Richard, welcome to Singapore. Hi, thanks for having me. So good to, so good to see you in the flesh. I've seen videos of you and uh, that signature cap. Here's your look. <laughs> well, you told me to bring something of the era, so yeah. I didn't need to try that hard. <laughs> it suits you very, very well. Hey, Richard, before we get into more details of the immersive experience, the New York Secret, I'm so excited. Let's talk about the previous production you organized and staged in Singapore pre-COVID in 2019. It was called Hell Hath No Fury From Dust Till Dawn and enjoyed a sold-out run. So well done, you. What was that one about and why do you think it sold out? What's your success formula? Um, that show was uh, inspired by Quentin Tarantino's written From Dust Till Dawn, which was a really kind of cross-genre thriller into kind of a horror experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and people love, uh, you know, we opened it around Halloween, I believe, and we do a lot of activations around those time of year. And people kind of love dressing up and love that kind of experience, the frills and the spills of a kind of thriller and horror genre. And um, it's quite easy to make those experiences immersive and really fun, which is kind of the ethos of our productions. So, yeah, I think the the word of mouth in that show was really great. Everyone came and it was, you know, we reach out to people who wouldn't normally maybe go to the theatre, who want more of a bit of a fun time. And uh, yeah, it was a really it was a really wonderful moment, actually. It was a great experience. Lots of vampires and bloodthirsty There people. were vampires and the audience <laughs> got to hunt the vampires. So, for example, they would, they would you know, uh, get water cannons and get, a, you know, uh, they would be anointed with a special oil to kill the vampires. And they would actually do that. And then they would become part of the story in certain moments. So that was a really, really fun and interesting um, experience. Uh, so with this one, we kind of wanted to go, I like going in different directions. I don't want to just do the same the same thing even if it was a popular show um so with this experience we just wanted to go in a really different direction okay so let's talk about that different direction because the new york city of the 80s it's a very different one 
from the one we all know today. If I was old enough, Richard, to be around in NYC in the 80s, I would have headed straight to Studio 54 <laughs> and partied with Andy Warhol, Debbie Harry from Blondie and Michael Jackson. And then I would have gone to CBGB to watch the best bands perform. So what is it about New York in the 80s that will captivate us in the New York secret? Well, just what you touched on there, that special moment of being able to walk into a nightclub that was hard to get into, but many people from the public could get in yeah. and be surrounded by the famous people that you reeled off, the most famous superstars in the world, like Diana Ross, Michael Jackson, um, Elton John. They're on the dance floor. They would sometimes impromptu perform and you'd be rubbing shoulders with them. And it was a really safe place. I think it was quite a dangerous city. So people yeah. could lock themselves away for a few hours and really just lose themselves in the music and then have a good time and explore explore that experience. And essentially that's what I wanted to do. Like you, I would have loved to travel back in time to Studio 54 and just try and imagine what it would be like to be surrounded by those type of famous people. And, you know, that's what we try and do is make it really alive so you can talk to them, interact with them, see them perform, perform with them even because yep. um, it's immersive. And, you know, going in the other direction from the other show, this one's probably more inclusive because, um, you know, people uh, of a certain age uh, love uh, disco, but it's a very experience as well. And some of these performed, um, Dana Ross performed at Glastonbury last year, as yeah. did Elton John. So these guys are still out there at the really cool events in the world performing. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really cool experience in that respect. I know you're not going to say much, but are we in some sense going to enter Studio 54? Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you want to keep, you know, we, we love the idea of mystery. We love the idea of, of secret, but, you know, people also kind of need to know what to expect. Yes. Um, so, you know, with uh, moving away from the other production, if you're into song and dance and music and that kind of experience and a kind of glamorous setting, um, then that's really what it's all about. To just escape, escape for a few hours is, is really what we want people to do and have some fun. One of the standout decorative pieces of Studio 54 was this huge crescent moon with a yeah. face. yeah. Uh, well, you, I mean, you'll have to wait and see for elements like that. I mean, we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't quite go in that and cover all bases right. of Studio 54. Um, and for, uh, for me, the most important thing is who am I going to meet? Mm -hmm. Like what, what, what are the famous people that I might rub shoulders with? What might I see happen? That's kind of the mystery. That's kind of, um you know, the what we hope will be an alluring part of the night is that you kind of don't know what to expect and you don't know what you're going to do. You might go and see a movie or, or a play and not know what to expect, but you're going to be sat down. Yes. You know that, that's a given. But in this one, you know, we're walking around and exploring what might you find out. I think that's kind of the 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 interesting essence of it. No, I understand that we guests can interact with the characters and celebrities of the day in the 1980s New York era. And I saw publicity pictures and, of course, everyone who goes to your website as well can see them. Uh, by the way, everyone, it's secrettheatres.com. Okay, log on there. And I saw David Bowie in his Ziggy Stardust um, persona, Debbie Harry from Blondie. I love Debbie Harry. Elton John and Dinah Ross may be there. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the thing with the secret is if the secret is good, then, you know, and I think, you know, that these, uh, the people that you mentioned, you know, the fact that they're in our publicity is because, you know, there's a good chance that you're you're going to meet them there. And I wanted a really cross section of uh, different celebrities that appeal to different people. Yeah. And the amazing thing is that you could do a whole show about each one of these people. In fact, there have been whole shows and are films about just one of these personas. But what's special is, I, it's like, we're gonna you're gonna see a lot, you know. You're gonna experience quite a lot of them, which is so. There's something for everyone, I think, you know. So delightful, Richard. You and your team, big, 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 <laughs> big, big claps on backs for you. Big pats on backs for you, actually, Richard. I've been to several immersive theater experiences with dinner and or drinks, and sometimes the audience members love talking to the performers who approach them. Some are a little shy, but they open up eventually. Some audience members even went up to sing on stage with the with the actors, with the performers. So how would you advise us to speak with a performer? Let's say um, David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust comes up to us. Can we also pretend we're someone else? Of course. You can create a persona and like many people did then. If you, yeah. you can create an alter ego and come in and and ex experiences it as, as you want to experience. You know, the, the idea is that the shows are comfortable for everyone. So perhaps you want to look at it from afar, um, having some f food or beverage, or you want to get really close to it and, you know, really get involved in what's going on in the story. Um, it's completely up to you. You know, we give you that freedom. Yeah. And if we're a little shy and they're still talking to us, just, just enjoy the attention. And Yeah, correct. I mean, I think that they're not going to, we don't, we wouldn't push it uh, on somebody that didn't, you know, want to uh, engage. And we can, you know, they're professional immersive performers, so they'll be able to feel that. So, you know, you'll be comfortable. You won't have to do anything you don't want to do because, believe me, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be jumping in. So you can watch <laughs> them do it as well. And that's that's special. That, that That's the kind of key to what a good immersive show is, is when you, ha when you see for real audience members and guests getting involved and having the responsibility of the show in a way at certain moments is, is really fun can we take selfies wefies yeah so i think there's in in there's certain immersive companies that you know you have to lock your yeah your phone away um uh for me i what i try and do is em embrace it uh because that's it, it, there's a, a it's not so much people's phones now it's their life is on there so you know you're to, to ask for someone to kind of lock it in a cubicle for for two three hours where they might have a nanny they might have someone look after their kid they might have this they might have that they've got their whole life on there so that's why you can right now when you buy a ticket you can be messaging david bowie right now that's right. So he's been taking all sorts. He's, he's been giving relationship advice to people. He's been advising people in their jobs. And people have been, he's been sending them missions. For example, what to wear. He's been sending them missions on people to meet and talk to as soon as they come in, uh, which is nice touches as well. So people are really immersed in the experience like today on their phone. So we want to keep that, you know, during the whole thing. And you can take videos and selfies and everything. So we will get David Bowie's phone number once we get that ticket. Correct. Okay. Now, what issues plaguing New York City in the 80s? Because it's a celebration, I know. But there are some issues Are you, you're you not going to gloss over. It's going to be also presented as what happened during that time. 
Yeah, I mean, the show is set in Studio 54 and the show is about, uh, there's there's some themes running through the, the show and there's some themes that were going on in that era that will, will be addressed. Um, there's a million stories that you can tell about um, a certain time and place. And yes, there was uh, many struggles in that time um, and many issues in that time that are still prevalent today. I've done those shows, but this show for me, is a celebration after COVID. Yeah. I was Secret Fear. We're maybe quite famous for dark matter. You know, Edward Scissorhands in New York, Reservoir Dogs in London, Dust Till Dawn. These were kind of thrillers and horrors and etc. And when I was thinking about this show, this what I wanted to experience as we were all locked away was I wanted to interact. I wanted to dance. I wanted to hear music again. I wanted to be here in, in a in a venue where everyone's having a good time. So this story blossomed from a kind of dark place for 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 us all because that and the feedback we were getting what you know and I, when I came out of uh, post-covid as a company we wanted to celebrate the fact that we were kind of free again to to do that so the really it's there's you know certain shows have certain moments and feelings and there's you know, there's some currents in this that are different but in that that venue, that time was a time of celebration. It was a time of letting self go and expression and unity. And that's kind of what I want is the most important thing that I want people to feel. I've scared people in other shows. I've thrilled them in other shows. I've done social commentary as well as a big theme. But sometimes, you know, with shows, you know, your objective is I just want people to have fun and I want people to let go and I want people to really, really, enjoy, really just just have a great time. And like I said, it, it came from a time that we all we all everyone in the world experienced, which was really tough. That's right. And that is true. So let's talk about having a bit of fun. Uh, when it comes to putting on some threads, what would you advise us to wear? 80s chic jackets with the shoulder pads, Pac-Man shirts, Rubik's Cube earrings, uh, even down to the bell bottoms of the 70s that were still worn in the early 80s, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, anything goes. That's what's <laughs> kind of beautiful about it. Uh, so you can go flamboyant, you can go disco, and you buy a ticket, David Bowie will send you a kind of mood board of ideas that he has. That's right. But the beautiful thing about Studio 54 as well, like um, a lot of the, the heads of fashion, Andy Warhol and Halston and Calvin Klein, they came in suits. Yeah. So let's say, you know, dressing up isn't your thing. And that can be that can be a little bit intimidating or time consuming or expensive. Well, the idea is that it doesn't matter. You, I'm sure you've got a dress in the back of your cupboard somewhere. Or if you're a guy, you can wear a tux because that's what, or a suit because that's what many people wore at Studio 54, like Andy Warhol, like um, Holston, a lot of the fashion designers. So they wanted to go kind of smart there. So yeah, I think anything, it really is anything goes. Yeah. And for those of you who are still thinking, uh, just remember that Uniqlo is selling a range of Andy Warhol t-shirts and Keith Haring ones as well and Jean-Michel Basquiat ones as well. So maybe you could just buy those and attend of course, uh, the New York secret. And also there'll be Manhattan-inspired food and drinks, Richard. How much of the menu would you be able to reveal to us? And will it be sticking to the 1980s New York City vibe? Yeah, well, this is a component which has become very important in the shows because people 
you know, the feedback we got back from the last experience in Singapore was that once people have been there for an hour, they got hungry and people want to eat. <laughs> right. And so could you please provide something that's that's really good? So you can buy a standard ticket just to get into the show yeah. and then you can you can pay up to a drink that involves free flow champagne as well as food and drink. So, yeah, we just tried to have some fun with the menu as well. Manhattan-inspired cocktails um, of the era that were popular. And, uh, you know, Studio 54 is interesting because they lost their drinks license for a long time. So can you right, buy alcohol right. in, in there? Um, <laughs> and then, you know, the, with with the the food as well, you know, it's it's got to be good. And obviously it's, we, we're collaborating with a great venue in terms of food and drink. So, um I think that if you go to the website, secrettheaters.com, you can see examples um, of the f- food and drink menu on the... F- and there's a, also a frequently asked questions bit as well, because we understand that these shows, you know, a lot people have lots of questions. Yeah. Like, is it wheelchair accessible? Which it is. Is there a valley parking? Which there is. Um, so lots of different questions can be answered there. Richard, which brings me to the cast. Tell us about some of them. I hear they're from Los Angeles and London. Have we seen any of them, let's say, on Netflix, uh, Broadways, in the movies or on West End? And are you going to be one of the stars? (laughs) Um, No, sadly, I've kind of hung up my boots in terms of uh, (laughs) acting and performance and more in the uh, other side of things, uh, which is, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I do, I I am in some of the shows, but uh, not in this one. You know, the the focus on this one is, um, you know, singing and dancing. So I've picked up people uh, who've performed in the West End in London. Yeah. Maya Ortega from uh, California. She performed in uh, The Lion King in Ooh. Paris. And um, I have one of the other performers, Samantha Smith, is actually a signed recording artist, um, big in the electronic uh, genre. Um, one of the guys I'm working with, my choreographer, I worked with him at the O2 in London on a huge production um, just at the end of last year, working with uh, top West End uh, people in London. So really got some... Great uh, performers from lots of different uh, parts of the world all coming together for it, which again is kind of what Studio 54 was all about. It's important to me that there's, you know, that all these different cultures and diversities represented because that was Studio 54. Indeed it was. If there is a megastar, Richard, from the 80s, be it from art, movies, TV, music, that you'd like to have as an audience member who was from New York or, or was based in New York, who would that be? Would it be Madonna, artist Keith Haring? Um, what's funny is I'm Scottish and yeah. so is Rod Stewart. And <laughs> I walk, I was walking in Marina Bay Sands last night and I saw a poster and uh, Rod Stewart's in town and he's performing on the same night. He's going head to head with Secret Fater <laughs> on uh, March 16th. I think he'll win that battle. Um, but I thought, wouldn't it be hilarious if I could get hold of Rod's people? And because Rod Stewart was, he was big at Studio 54. He was. So, I mean, I like all of them, but I thought that would be hilarious because he's in Singapore. And if you're at the March 16th show, is he going to show up? As a, as a guest, because he could. And it might be very surreal for him to see his friends in character form as younger people. Um, but that would be really fun. Rather mod, huh? Yes. <laughs> oh, then I'm, then I'm thinking, wow, Do You Think I'm Sexy would be a great song for... 
for the performance. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was a it was a tough cut because obviously everyone went to Studio Fifty Four. Yeah. So you know, your favorite performer might be Rod Stewart, might be Mick Jagger, might be Grace Jones. Um, but what I needed to do is I needed to find people to embody these characters, and it's actually very difficult because they are some, they are all singing live, yeah. performing live. So if you're saying you're Elton John, well, you better look like him, and you better sound like him, and you better sing like him, and it's difficult to find that at a very high level. Ditto Debbie, Debbie Harry, ditto Diana Ross, especially Michael Jackson. Yeah. So you got to go and it's, it's it's a real arduous process, um, and 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 not easy which that can define who the characters are going to be. Hey, Richard, tell me about your earlier days. Like you said, you grew up in Scotland. You later became an actor, performed in New York and London. And one day, the idea for Secret Theatre and So Immersive Theatre was born after you came up with the idea to turn your New York loft into a theatre space. Tell us more about that. Um, I was living in a 20,000 square foot warehouse in uh, New York with about 10 other people. And our, it was kind of like horses. Our rooms were like stables. Where we were you? could reach over and speak to each other. Where were you exactly? In Williamsburg on oh. McCarran Park, which now in New York is prime cool and prime real estate. And there's an Apple store there and a Starbucks there. But it was very different then. Um, warehouses was where artists could live because you needed space to do things. And... We start. I I just wanted to um, write plays and put plays on in New York. That was my dream. I don't know why, um, and I just ended up managed to end up there doing it. And then you know we just wanted to progress. Maybe what theatre was because um, maybe it, it it sort of um, hadn't been you know reinvented for a while. I mean music and film reinvent themselves all the time, but maybe theatre hadn't. So people were starting to be more immersive and. Um, uh, having these experiences where you could mingle with the uh, characters and be involved in a show, which I think is very in in. I mean, if you go and see a band, you stand up, you sing along, you it's very immersive. And theatre, often you you come in and you sit down, and you know you don't get to have quite that experience. So we wanted to change that, and uh, you know we've been doing it since then, two thousand and eight, making me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> So you were acting in New York in the 2000s. Yes. That's where you came up with the yeah. idea for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was really going for it. And I was defining myself as an actor and doing TV and film and theatre. And I wanted to do my own thing. And it just seemed like a great place to try it. I think there's something about that city. I mean, Studio 54 is from there. Maybe there's some some en- weird energy in that city that makes you try these things. Um so yeah, it just kind of it just kind of happened. Uh, it just kind of happened, and we've been rolling ever since. Where are you based now? I live in San Sebastian in Spain, rather randomly. Oh, um, which is on the northern side of Spain, on the French border. Okay, famous for its cuisine um, because my my wife is Spanish. So oh, okay, um, and we travel a lot for work. So you know. I'm flying directly from here to America to open another show. So when you're, you know, traveling and you're in big metropolises and cities, it's nice to live. I live in like a small town, you know, because I got a kid. So charming. And it's, yeah, it's just easier because when you're on the road a lot, you know, cities are, can be quite stressful, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. kind of an, it's kind of a nice balance and you're able to breathe and come up with ideas for shows a bit easier, I think, than being in the city. Is she a performer as well? Yeah, she was a, she's, she was a professional ballet dancer, worked for Secret Ooh. Theatre for a long time. She was 
I did a I did a secret Halloween activation in Singapore in November, which she was a star of. Um, but she was quite big in Spain. She was um, um, she was acting in a TV show, and she just got another part in a TV show in Spain. So she's back doing that while I'm doing kind of the live performance. What's her name? Jessica Alonso. Jessica Alonso. Yes. So both of you met on the job. I cast her in a play in London, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Love stories like that. Since you're no stranger to Singapore, Richard, any logistical challenges or admin issues you've managed to fix or are still working on? Uh, Jet lag for some of the guys haven't. It's quite amazing because we went for a drink last night on top of the (laughs) Marina Bay. And these guys, some of them haven't been to Asia, let alone uh, some of them. One of them had had only been out of America a couple of times because when you're in America, it's quite an insular world. You tend to travel within America because you can ski, surf, beach, things can be there. Um, So we're all over here. I'm kind of the dad of the group and people are, you know, jet lag is a little thing that can catch up with people. But everyone's just really enjoying it. Everyone's just really enjoying Singapore. It's quite such a interesting place. So everyone's enjoying, that, you know, this new experience. So there's always uh, challenges with putting on shows in short periods of time when yeah. you travel as a group. It can be the build up to a Friday is going to be quite tough, you know, um, but that's just that's just the nature of the beast. Um but the rehearsals are going really well. Um, we did a shoot yesterday. If you go into the Instagram, secret underscore theater, you can see the latest video clip of the guys in town uh, now that they're in Singapore, uh, which is great. And um, yeah, so far, so good. Now, just in case someone just tuned in, Richard, what are the dates exactly? It, it's not every day, is, is that right? Mm, we we're just weekends, so we're yes. doing Friday, Friday and Saturdays. Um, we just put on we put on two weeks to start with, and then the opening night sold out really quickly. So yeah. we extended it to the twenty first of uh, that weekend, the twenty first of March, the Friday. But we might add that Saturday, the twenty second. Um, we've got a big media partnership for the um, for the opening night as well. So we're, we have a lot of um, you know everyone from Vogue to. Straits Times and all these different uh, publications are going to come down to see the show, which always helps with getting the word out there. And Singapore is a very, it's quite a stressful place to be on productions because it's quite last minute city for doing things. So uh, we did a, a secret sort of show uh, on Halloween and I think it was half sold on the day and then it was sold out like two hours before it opened. People <laughs> queuing to get in. Uh, so... Yeah, it's an interesting place to put on a show, for sure. (laughs) I'm pretty sure, and I'm very confident that you will sell your tickets very, very well. What do you think of the New York of today, Richard? You're not there anymore and its entertainment scene, particularly post-COVID when you're there, because Broadway is coming back to life in a big way. And artists like uh, the legendary Talking Heads frontman and singer David Byrne keeps putting out productions some of them immersive mm. and musicals he's also doing those yeah. too yeah yeah i mean new york it's always gonna you know like london it's always gonna have that in its soul you know there's those two cities paris you know they've had performance and arts centuries in those in those cities now of, of those kind of things happen so that you always think that interesting f- things are going to come out of there i think the difference is now is it's happening in other places as well as more as this as the world becomes more more global and information's more accessible 
um, you can you can educate yourself on things uh, quite easily. You could record an album um, and and publicize it globally if you live in Singapore now, which is which wasn't the case wasn't the case back then. So yeah, I think um, I'm actually going to New York after this and haven't been in a long time, and it's always got a place in my heart because I started the company there. Um, and the, that there in London is where you know London's where the company's based now. Um, we have I have a new producers, a company called Design Scene, produce our shows now and produce our shows globally, and they also do huge activations for Google and Yahoo, etc. So they, we come under their umbrella. So we're constantly doing stuff all over the world. So it's great to be going back to New York to do production as well. Richard, you've come a long way since two thousand and eight. Yeah, I mean, we were we were like penniless then, and I think that that's I think that that's uh, you know hopefully inspiring for 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 people is that I think you can look at the Instagram now and think that we kind of maybe came in with a big thing, but we were really small. We had no money. We borrowed spaces. We borrowed costumes. We you know we we did things on a really tight budget. Uh, like all artists and I think that can be intimidating now because with uh, Instagram and things like that because everyone shows how successful they are and they, they don't show the struggle and this the real struggle of, of lots of musicians they were penniless and lots of artists they had no money and you start really small and that's absolutely fine Just put a play on do a show in front of four people like the Beatles did or put a play on in front of nobody um, like Lee Strasberg did and yeah. it will keep inspiring you to, to go forward. I've had those experiences. I've had five-star reviews, one-star reviews, sell-out shows, shows that struggled and that's just the kind of the, the journey of it. Um, but I think now Booby can, people can be put off a little bit by these worlds because everything seems everyone seems so success, successful because that's what people like to sh show they don't want to show the struggle or yeah. admit the struggle but yeah we were you know we'd have come a long way because we started really with nothing and then you know we just signed this deal for to be produced by design scene last year yeah i mean i completely agree with you because when people hear me on air it's only 10 percent of what i do 90 percent is all a lot of hard work, a lot yeah. of research, a lot of production. Yeah, I know. Of... I'm seeing you uh, multitasking very well, <laughs> and I've done en I've done enough of uh, kind of radio and film to be to see you know to see behind the curtain, as it were, and to see how hard work it is. And I think, you know, I I, I cut my teeth as well. And I was an extra on a big TV show in America, and just when I was young, and just seeing you know twelve hour shoots, thirteen hour shoots, cuts, this that happening, the drama of it. And then you watch it on the screen, and it just seems like a beautiful experience. But yeah. it's it's tough. But anything that's anything that's worth it, you got to work hard at. So it's that's what it is. Completely agree with you, Richard. If there is a little pitch you can tell to listeners tuning in now on why they should watch, of course, uh, uh, Secret Theatres, the New York Secret, what would it be? If you want to escape and you want to have some fun and you want to feel like you're very close to eight of the most famous people who ever walked the earth. This is one of the few times in life that you might get the chance to do it, to be to be able to interact and mingle with international performers on that level. Um, we don't know when we'll be back in Singapore. I want to do more. I want to do more here in this part of the world. I've done about 10 or 11 shows in Hong Kong, so I want to do more here. But I think this one is kind of special because it's very inclusive, very fun, and you can just lose yourself.
You lose yourself. All right. He's been with me more than a New York minute. That is actor-director Richard Crawford, founder of Secret Theatre, which stages immersive theatre experiences all around the world and now in Singapore. Starting the 1st of March, the very limited run of the production titled The New York Secret will be held at the Mandela Club here. If you want to get the dates, remember it's been extended. Get more information at secrettheatres.com or like Richard said, check them out on Instagram, secret underscore theatre. That's all for today's Culture Club, and I'm Melanie Olivero for CNA 938.